Happy Sabbath, everyone. Oh, so good to hear those voices. Uh, Sister Ali, that was amazing. He lives. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I also want to thank uh, everyone who are led out in the worship service today and want to take this opportunity to welcome those who are visiting uh, the Garland Faith Community SDA Church today. You are welcome. Amen. Those who are here, those who are joining online, we just want to say welcome again to you. God is so good to us, friends. <clears throat> he truly is. And as I look at the church family, I'm able to see folks who have, who have been through some level of distress, but now they're here at church. Amen? I know there has been certain things going around, and uh, uh, you have weathered the storm. Praise God. And God has kept you, kept you healthy. You're here today. Today I'd like to uh, continue the theme. I, I, I've been really enjoying our Wednesday, our Wednesday evening prayer meeting. The focus has been on love. Amen? And today, today we're able to, to look at that theme as well, love. As a part of the fruit of the Spirit. And so I want you to join me in the scriptures here. Let's go to our text in Galatians 5 and verse 22. Galatians 5 and verse what? We'll read that and then we'll take a look at this fruit here. Uh, Galatians 5 and verse 22. Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? It's love. We have spent some time, we have actually looked at all the other uh, fruit of the Spirit um, listed there in verse 22 and 23. And so today we'll finish up with love. Let's just bow our heads and ask the Lord to bless our time in his word. Father, thank you so much. You're truly a good God. You deserve, Father, our highest praise. Father, we, we're so filled with joy to be right here today. You have listened to our singing. Father, you have listened to our prayers. Father, you have, you have sensed how much we, we truly love and appreciate you through our worship, and at this time we turn to you to hear a word from you. I pray, Lord, that you teach us, that you guide us, but also, Father, that you change us. Father, I commit all that I am in your hands for you to use as you choose. I ask, Lord, that you just speak through me and speak to your people as well. And may we all be blessed. And may we all be changed in the likeness of Christ. Because we pray in his name, the church of the living God say, amen. Love. I heard a story, read a story about 
a lady who wrote a letter. And in the letter she said, Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I've felt, I've felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you, she said. I love you and I love you. Forever yours, Marie. P.S. P.S. And congratulations for winning the state lottery. <laughs> you know, most of the times when we, we consider love, it has something to do with what we can get out of it. But the more I pour into this text here in the Bible, I, I find that it has nothing to do with salvation. It's selfless. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, I, I, I'm, so, I'm so much thankful for God for giving us this in his word because truthfully what he's after, he's after maturity. Are you with me? And now we, we, we come to the, to the highest level we can get when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. We come to love. First thing, love is a fruit. Can I hear you say it? Love is a what? It's a fruit, which means it comes from who? It comes from God. When it talks about love, it's something uh, uh, that, that comes from himself. We can't generate it. Are you with me? Because we are selfish human beings. We need someone to overtake us. Someone to completely fill us. Someone to completely use us. If you would like the love of God in your heart, you'll have to ask him for it. Because you can't generate it. In fact, when the Bible speaks of love, terms of the love of God, it uses the word agape. And I like how, how, how it, the, the meaning just remove all self from this word. Selfless love of one person for another without intimate implications. Are you with me? In other words, without anything of romantic connections, all right, it's completely selfless. I love this scripture very much. I think it, 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 really, it really helps us to understand what this agape love truly is. It's a scripture in 1 John 3, verse 16, not John 3, 16. But first, John what? 
And, and let's look at what Paul says when he's describing this love. It, it comes from God. But what, how did God demonstrate this love? What can we learn about love when it, in terms of actions from God? The Bible says we know love by this. In other words, we can understand so much about agape love. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for what? For us. So now, I hope you're getting a little bit more meat coming, coming to this word. A little bit more understanding. God laid down his life for us. And this is love. This is the, this is a, the idea, the meaning behind what this, what this word means. He laid down his life for you and me. Now, when you think about that, do you see selflessness in that word? Do you see someone thinking more of another person than themselves? Now we're getting the idea of what this love is, and truthfully, because we're so selfish, it's, it's hard for us to do that at, at times. We want to love if we're going to get love back. Are you, are you with me? Or we want to love if we're going to get something. If we're going to get some kind of response. The truth is, what I've learned, what I've learned, or should I say what God has shown me over the years, is that this agape love, as I think about my wife, as I think about my children, it's expressed. It's expressed when I'm not looking for a certain reaction. It's simply expressed because of what I'd like or what I'd love to do for my wife or my children. What need I might want to meet. And I don't desire any response. Are you with me? If they choose to, fine. If not, fine. It extends also outside of the home. Also in the church. We're creatures of habit, aren't we? We want to make sure if we are treating someone a certain way, that they're going to treat us a certain way too. That doesn't happen like that. And I think maturity is developed when we just love, not expecting anything in return. It so happens that when we do that, if not instantly, but over time, we end up getting the same action that we're looking forward to. Are you with me? In other words, if I decide to to take Nikki out, Nicole, for a dinner at a restaurant. But I only do that once because there is there's some form of mending of, mending of relationships that I'd like to get done, right? Uh, that will not be as effective 
as if I do it every single week. Are you with me? Because the more she sees me do that, she's going to now think that, hey, listen, this is a natural thing. He wants to spend time with me, not just the geth with me. Are you with me? <laughs> and so this agape love, it's, it's really amazing. Listen to the Bible. The Bible says, Paul says in Romans 5 verse 7, sacrifice a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die, but God shows his love for us in that while we were what? While we were yet sinners. He wasn't expecting. He wasn't expecting us uh, um, to first show love to him. He loved us while we were sinners. This is our God. I love this text, and I know we all know it. John 3.16. For God so what? I love that word so. He didn't just love the world. By the way, that, 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 that text is so powerful. He loved the world. Notice. Everyone. But he so loved the world. In other words, there's this deep passion that's within the heart of God. Whereby, no matter what mankind did to him, it didn't matter to him. He still loved them. So different from us. Isn't that true? Someone does us something wrong. Someone uh, speaks to us a certain way. Guess what? We react in a different manner. Then how God would react. The truth is, that same love God wants to give every person. And he sets the example, and he shows us how deep it is. It's passionate, but it's passionate for others. Without no string attached. It comes from him, though. You'll have to ask him for it. And there's nothing more that he would love to do than to bless you with that fruit. Are you with me? It's divine. It's supernatural. But it's something he wants it's all of his children to have. I tell you what, if the Garland Church or any church should first promote this as number one. Meaning, would first seek God for it, and would first practice it by his power, it would be the greatest evangelism tool we could ever use to impact this church community. And it's greatest, it is practiced, I tell you, in the home. Greatest place to practice this is not even in the church. It's right there with the person you're living with every single day. Are you with me? Can your husband say that he sees the love of God in you? Can your wife say they can see the love of God in you? 
Can your children say it? Are you with me? What about other family members? Can they say truly, this is a person where God has deposited this fruit of love within their hearts, and they live it out daily in their lives. Let's search for it, friends. Sorry, let's seek it from the Lord, and let's ask him for it. 1 John 4, verse 9 says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might be saved. Let's, let's look at that text again in 1 John 3, 1 John 16, sorry, 3 verse 16. The next sentence, the next sentence, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for what? For one another. So he sets the example. Jesus set the example of what agape love looks like. It's sacrificial. It thinks about others more than itself. But then, it's not only for God. But it's for who else? It's for us. God wants us to live like that. Yep. He said it. And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Now, who in here is ready to lay down your life for me? No hands, right? That's all right. <laughs> no hands. Well, well, no, I did see a hand back there. I'll take it. I see everybody looking at Nicole. <laughs> But, but let's think about this for real. Do we sacrifice for each other in this church? And in what way do we do that? Is church experience an experience where you just, you come on a Sabbath, you check out, and you check back in on the next Sabbath? But there's no interaction between, in between uh, church members. When you, when you look at that experience, if that's what life is like in the church, then guess what? How are we going to actually be effective in reaching other people? If it's not right here, if love is not being expressed like that here, then God is supposed to bring people from the outside to come and experience that? Are you with me? Come on, y'all. That's why I'm saying that this thing is so powerful. This church will just grow. We have to plant more and more churches in Garland if we start to focus on this. Are you with me? Start to live this. By not speaking about others in a negative light with the church, but to go to them personally and talk to them. You see what I'm saying? If we start to make sure that nobody in this church have a need, 
Because if they have a need, they can, they can come and get their needs fulfilled without looked down upon. Are you with me? Folks, let me tell you, it's, it's all about maturity, and that's what Christ is looking for. He's not looking for church attendance. That was never what the, the church in the book of Acts looked like. These were people who were, guess what? They were showing their love. But I'm coming to that in a little bit. You know, one of the phrases in the Bible you'll see all the time is the idea of loving one another. All throughout you'll see that. That simply means sacrificing for each other. And it needs to be done here. You know what happened when that's lived out within a church? The Holy Spirit sees the environment as a place that's ready to move. Are you with me? The environment is what it should be because now I can be working with these people and bringing new ones in. Because the way they treat each other is the same way going to treat the new ones. Are you with me? If, if they don't spend time with each other, guess what? They're not going to spend time with the newly baptized. No. And so the newly baptized is just, if they don't have time for each other, they won't have time for the world. And so he's not going to move. And I told you before, there's no neck that's more stiffer than the neck of God. Are you with me? He's, he wants people just to just get to the point where, hey, listen, let's stop, live any kind of life with God that doesn't exemplify his love. It's serious to him. So let me tell you, friends, you see, before, before you say anything bad about a person within the church, just stop. One of the worst things you can do in the church. Close him out. Say, Lord, help them. <laughs> help that individual. You see what I'm saying? Or, or Lord, how can you use me to help them? Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. This church and any church should be a place where God's love is seen clearly because that is what will drive people in. So many times, love one another. In fact, watch this. He said, new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Jesus is speaking. Even as I have loved you, that you should love one another. Has God forgiven you? Come on, y'all. Has God forgiven you? Should you forgive someone else? <laughs> That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, if it's good for you, it's good for them. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And guess what? You need to take care of that. As priority. Because if you don't, 
you're just going to sink deeper and deeper as the days goes by and get more bitter and bitter. Confront the person with love. Take care of it. In fact, he said, listen, he said, please do it. Because this, by this, all men will know. You want to reach the world? He said, by this, all men will know that you are my, if you love one another. That's Jesus' words. So if, if we're going to focus on anything, let's focus on that. Let's build quality relationship, because when we do that, we mature. Are you with me? We mature. It's all about maturing. Who here want, likes eating green, green fruits? None of us. We love it when it's ripe. Isn't that true? And it's, it, it has a nice smell. The fragrance is so good, you can't wait to get into it. That's what he's after. He's after growing us. Yeah. Because if we don't, we can't be his disciple. Love is that important to Jesus. You know, um, finally, finally, it's a verb. Can I hear say verb? Love is a what? It's a verb. The word agape is an action word. You see, Jesus, you see, Jesus, if he, when you read his words, he's less concerned with words, you know. Notice it. He's very less concerned with words. Not that it's not important. But to him, action is far more important to Jesus than speaking. Huh? Far more important to him. People would love to just speak and talk and speak and talk and say all manner of things. But there's no action behind it. Huh? Well, I'll tell you what. It's a verb. In the same text, it says, and this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of the Son, in his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Commandments are action, is our duties that we should carry out, correct? A commandment. He's saying love is a command. It's an action word. It has less to do with, well, it begins with words, hey, I love you, you know? But how can I know that you love me? Are you following me? Um, what have you done consistently? That I can see, hey, this is, this is genuine affection. Are you following me? Uh, just think about it. Uh, um, Jesus is saying, don't substitute talk for action. I love what one man said. He says, do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor 
acts as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you loved someone, you will presently come to love him. If you injure someone you dislike, you will find yourself disliking him even more. If you do him a good return, you will find yourself disliking him less. So in other words, the more you put actions to your words, is the more you become what? You become consistent with those actions, and it's the more that the person receiving those actions can feel safe that they've been loved genuinely. Jesus said, if you love me, do what? Just speak my commandments, man. Just, just speak about the Sabbath. Speak it, speak it from, from Sabbath to Sabbath. Just speak it. Well, you can work when you, whenever you want on the Sabbath if you'd like. <clears throat> in, other words, in other words, he said, if you love me, do something. Love is, is actually focused on actions. When a man truly loves his woman, <laughs> I mean, I mean, she, she, guess what? She knows what to receive. She knows what's coming. And it's something good. Are you with me? Same thing with a woman. When a woman love her, 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 loves her man, I mean, she, she just want to pour, just pour on the blessings. In actions. You see, we are creatures like that. Don't just talk to me about love, but just bless me. Bless me with it. Send me off to work feeling good. Are you with me? Actions. Louder than words. It's amazing. Uh, a verb is an action. And Jesus, Jesus lived it. He lived it so carefully. And the people were blessed by it. True love is not merely a sentiment or an emotion. It is a living principle, a principle that is manifested in actions. One man said, and I like what Ellen White said, she said, true love is not a strong, fiery, impetuous passion. She said it's not all of that. God promises are all on condition of humble obedience. Action. Obedience. We, um, I heard it read several times today, and I'll close with that. Um, <clears throat> well, well, let me just say this. One man said, whoever loves much, does much. Isn't that good? Whoever loves much, does much. Start acting. 
You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, we've been going through that. And uh, one of the things we, we begin to see that in church life, in church life, um, Paul was, was grappling with the issue. You see, people, they were serving in the church. They were serving. But what happened is they put their service above how they treat people. Are you with me? So, I mean, they were so happy with what they were doing, but at the same time, they were short on how they loved people. And Paul had to address it. Paul had to say, listen, man, no matter how much prophesying you do in the church, it's of what? Not. If you don't love each other. And he just went down the list as if he's going through all the departments within the church. <laughs> and he says, none of that is of no real value if you don't begin with the priority of loving each other. Because if you begin with that, then when you serve, guess what the people will receive from you? They'll receive that love. And then that might motivate them to also start, hey, hey man, how can I be like that? Look to Jesus, right? It is that important. It is that important. Um, one day, one day, uh, the Swiss theologian Karl Barth was asked what he thought was the most important word in the New Testament. He answered, well, the Greek word, hooper. Hooper is a preposition meaning on behalf of, or it means in place of. So when Bart called hooper the most important word, uh, he meant the most important of all truth is that we are Significant because Jesus took our place on the cross that we may be saved. Jesus did not come to make us rich. He did not come to make us happy. He came to be lifted up on the cross so our sins could be forgiven. Amen? Hooper. In the place of. In the place of. I love that. I love that. In the place of or on behalf of. If you're here today, if you're here today, and you have never given your heart to Jesus, You have never tasted to see the goodness of God and how much he loves you. You have never experienced a life lived with the love of God in your life. I'm going to ask you today. Jesus is willing to bless you 
with this love. He's willing to forgive you of your sins because he stood in your place. Amen? Amen. He did. He stood in your place and received and received the penalty of that sin. I'm going to say to you today, there's nothing more valuable in this life than to have Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. And today is an opportunity for you, right there where you are, just to receive him. By simply asking him, Jesus, I would like you to bless me with your love. And forgive me. I want to know you more. It can begin right there for you, friends, here in the sanctuary and those watching online. And if you're here today, you've been walking on this journey with Jesus. But maybe you see where you could use some help with this fruit of love. Maybe you see where you, 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 you want to ask him to just to just generate this to the max within your life so you can truly be his disciples, his disciple, in how you treat each other. I don't know where you are, but I find myself in that, in that second batch where even though I've been on this journey with Jesus for so long, I find where I just need a fresh refilling of his love in my heart. Because there are times where I fail to treat others the way I should. But I want to make a decision today that, Lord, I want to be just like you. I want to be like you. And I want you to generate within my heart this love. I give you full access to come in. I don't know where you are in these two appeals. I'm going to ask you to stand if you want Jesus to act on your behalf. Let's bow your heads. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, you've seen the decision of your people. They're standing here before you. They might be sitting but making a decision for you as well. Even though we can't see those who are watching online, we're praying that there are those who are making decisions for you as well. In the name of Jesus, Father, we need the Holy Spirit more than ever and we're inviting the Holy Spirit in our lives today, right now. 
We need for the Holy Spirit to bless us with this fruit. We have received your love and we know how valuable it is to us. We know the changes that this love has, has done to our hearts. It has moved us to the point where we want to, we want to live life with our Savior. It, Father, the, the, the expression of the love of Jesus is such a blessing to us. It has won forgiveness. It has drawn us into a right relationship with yourself. Father, it has blessed us with the almighty power to effect changes, and it has blessed us with eternal life. Father, how how grateful we are today for all that heaven has poured out upon us. And now, Father, in response, there are people who were searching for you today, right now. There are people who want to begin a life with you as their forever friend. There are people who want to taste your goodness right now, and they're inviting you into their lives. I pray, Lord, that you just bless them with your presence and that you lead them along this journey as they grow and mature in Christ. Father, I'm so thankful for this flock right here at Garland. It's where you have placed me and my family and it's where, it's where we are able to grow. in love and learn more how to serve with love. And Father, every person here today who are, who are members of this church are people who desire you, who love you, and also want to grow in love. And so I just pray that this flock will be a flock that resemble you just the way in which you treated us. May you help us to treat each other the same. Father, and may as we practice that as often as possible within this flock, Father, I just pray that it would just spread out into this community. I pray, Father, that you would be with each and every family member, each and every home. May the love expressed within each home, Father, be an example of what it should be like. Father, may, if there's things happening within the homes that needs to be resolved, may today be the day that husbands go to wives, wives go to husbands, Parents go to children. Children goes to parents. 
Father, family members go to family members. Thank you, Father, for, for hearing our prayers. We bless your name. And we thank you for the wonderful gift of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For it is, it is in his name that we pray. That the church of the living God say, Amen and Amen.